Some have said that our show is like driving a Pinto where the wheels are falling off. I have some said that. I said it right now. <laughs> play and any, play any good shows recently? <laughs> Welcome to episode 10. 11. 11. Holy shit. Welcome to episode uh, and cut. And welcome to episode 11. <laughs> What's the name of our show? Backseat Playlist Podcast, episode 11. I had to introduce it last week because Phoenix wasn't here and it did not go well. I died. He I was dead. He's now resurrected. I am God. Kind of. Not really. In his own mind. In, in my own house, I am. That's true. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Beware uh, me, dust bunnies. <laughs> do you ever feel like you ever been behind a... 24 channel analog Mackie <laughs> and you're just like I am God uh-huh. I have the power yeah but uh, I've also seen people who cave under the pressure <laughs> oh man did you see anybody cave under the pressure I on did. an analog I Mackie did. oh man so we won't name names you can figure it out if you follow we're any of us there. we're there but uh, me and Adam were both at a show over the past weekend and there was a national headliner uh, playing and I guess they didn't bring their own board. Their their mix engineer was just mixing on whatever the house system, house system, or whatever the promoter was bringing in. <laughs> and I guess he didn't take time in the fucking five hours that they, that was the other thing that blew my mind was that they were there from like two o'clock until they went on at what nine thirty. Like that was seven and a half hours to take a look at that board and go, do I know how to use this? And apparently, in none of that time did that guy think. Maybe I should see what I'll be mixing on the night. Also, just... I wouldn't be excited about that. Yeah, console. I'd be like, ah, like, shucks. Uh, but. Like, yeah, I could, you know, I could get sound through it yeah. for, like, open mic night or something. But that was so funny. We're, we're in the back area near where, in, like, the merch area, and we get a text from Corey, and she's like, or was Corey or her dad text you? Or was it Corey texted you what her dad had said? I don't remember. Basically, no, co- no, no, no. We get heard. Parents were near. I'm gonna call it side of house because mm-hmm. it was not. It was not front of it house. It was not mixed position. Also, there was definitely like some safety hazards. That was definitely an act. Some, yeah, some. Was, well, building is a safety. There was hazard. a show of safety violations because <laughs> the headliner wouldn't share the stage, so the bands had to set up in the. Audience section. <laughs> so the audience section very quickly became <laughs> the uh, path out of the building in case of fire. <laughs> so I think if there would have been pyro, I probably would have just left. <laughs> Dude, I, it was so great seeing the daisy chain upon daisy chain of power strips into extension cables into more power strips just to get power from the stage to the fucking, basically the bar. Basically the opening bands were set up right in front of the fucking bar. You literally could have possibly reached out and been like, yeah, can I get a Jack and Coke? (laughs) And it had it handed to you. It would have only passed between like Uh, four hands maybe. (laughs) And that's two of them or someone who's just like, I know this guy, and I don't want to spill his drink. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God. But, yeah, so we're back at the merch area, and this band, we're like, wait for this band to start. And we're like, weren't they supposed to go on at, like, 9.30, and it's 9.45, and we get a text. The sound guy is losing his fucking mind. <laughs> He's just yelling and having a meltdown. And Adam goes, ooh, not me for once. I want to go see <laughs> I this. I want to go watch. I want to I want to see what I look like. I don't think I have super meltdowns. I'll have moments. Oh, we all have moments when we're Running. Like maybe I've yelled at a band. If you don't know how your gear works, <laughs> don't fucking bring don't it fucking on stage. Bring. God damn it! Uh, 
But yeah, this sound guy's like losing his shit. He's screw. What does he scream? What does he scream? He apparently yelled, "I'm tired of driving a Pinto where the wheels falling off." <laughs> and I don't know if it was in reference to just a very outdated console, or just maybe it was the tour or something. <laughs> they were on like, uh, I don't it was know like how long show they said three that. or five yeah. or something. It wasn't a lot. <laughs> it's just like, well, we added up what they were probably being paid, and we're like, ooh. This oh, they took might a, be they took taking it. Well, I guess he'd be guaranteed money, right? As a sound guy. Yeah, no, your crew gets your crew's guaranteed. Like, um, I just actually listened to a bunch. I found a new podcast. I really like. There's nothing like finding a new podcast and just binging it. Right, like, it's one of my favorite feelings. Yeah, and it's one with uh, two front of house engineers, and they they did it over the the quarantine of the pandemic. So they their episodes have slowed down because they're back touring with like yeah the big acts like uh the one guy is the front of house guy for iron maiden oh and the God. other guy is the front of house guy for bruno mars so they're Jeez. like like it's not top of the top yeah they're not you know wayne's worlding it like we are their <laughs> their opinions are worthwhile it's the uh pooch and raybold podcast that's uh, an amazing look it up. name uh, his nickname is pooch uh ken pooch van druten he that's makes, his whole name ken pooch van well, druten pooch is his, his nickname uh, so his first name is ken 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 Van Druten. Oh, okay, yeah. Pooch is a Nick. Okay, I was like, holy crap. Yeah, if you've ever looked on like a, a Waves plugin and you've seen like Pooch something in the presets, that's yeah, his. maybe. Oh, okay. That's like cool. if you go to C six, mm-hmm. I think there's one called Pooch Vocals. Speaking of front of house engineers that have uh, presets, I think it is in was it in Plugin Alliance? I think Brad Devins has some presets. Yeah, I, think he's I was a, like, a, oh, that's yeah, fucking yeah. cool. I was like, I've seen his name before and I never put two and together. And then working with him, I was like. Hey, do you have presets and such? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, that's really cool. <laughs> I've used one or two. Um, that's the dream. You meet someone that has presets named after them. <laughs> yeah, but so they just cover a wide variety of topics. But they they did a couple episodes about uh, the more like business side of things and like how to negotiate like oh that's awesome stuff. And they didn't give out their numbers. Obviously, yeah, they were like, that's... if this was, they were very clear. Like the one guy said, like if it was just me and him talking, like I would absolutely throw out the number that I got offered mm-hmm. because he's in my level. And we get paid in the same ballpark. Yeah, I want to make sure that someone's not so. getting screwed over, that I shouldn't be charging more. I think that's yeah. really important is to act. Like, if you have, like, a circle of people that you are at the same level with, you should totally talk about what you're charging. Because you might be able to find out, like, oh, shit, I'm undercharging and I'm getting screwed. And it fucks everybody over. Yeah, yeah. you know, because then it's like, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I think forget. pay should always be a very open talk. I mean, yeah, if you're fucking... Yeah you know, top dog, and you're talking to someone that you know is not going to be anywhere close, be like, well, yeah, I think you should charge this. You know, if you're charging yeah. $1,000 for a mix for one song, you know, and you're talking to some local guy, it's like, yeah, you can't charge yeah. $1,000 for a song. I wish I could. I'm, sometimes I feel like I'm lucky to negotiate people up into, like, triple digits for a mix. <laughs> Wait, you're going to pay me? Yeah. Dude, I was blown away that we got paid for that show. I did, yeah. It was, I, I was, Matt came back, and he was yeah. like... Yeah, we got paid like a, I mean, not a great amount, but like, you know, we got paid. So I was just like, I fully expected this show was just, hey, we get to open up for a national headliner. And all we have to do is just like show up and kick ass and like, you know. I feel like you guys were the best band on that bill. Oh, thank you. I, I hope that none of the other people that were, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was a great I show. Enjoyed... I I mean, maybe it's just because I know your material, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I know what your songs are supposed to sound like, yeah. so even through an unideal, like, <laughs> yeah. sound situation. You mean having the amps right in front of the bar, and then having them reflect off of the mirrors, and off of all, oh yeah, that's great. Do you ever, playing in front of the PA, 
Oh, God. I know. It was so weird hearing my voice come from behind, behind me. Yeah. I was like, this is really true. Yeah, did you ever notice that, like, you know, sound, like, your auditory senses and some of your feeling senses are the only things that are, like, 3D? Uh-huh. They talked about this on the podcast that I've been binging, where they're just like, you can feel something behind you when it's close, but you can hear something behind you when it's far away. Like, yeah. you can't see behind you. You can't really smell anything behind you yeah. from a distance, <laughs> and you fucking can't taste anything behind you. <laughs> I wish I could. I, could, yeah. um, <laughs> I would just rub my butt on everything. Ooh, this tastes weird. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was probably strange. No, but... The, <laughs> that was probably strange. Um, yeah, I've never played in front of the PA before. Oh, it was... I've had to mix side stages where we've decided to just run everything through the PA. Yeah. And it's just like... Well, it was weird because the only thing that was going through the PA were the tracks and the vocals. I think also the bass. The bass was going through the PA as well. There was definitely kick drum in that PA. Oh, okay, that that's... pop it. where you went over to your bass cab afterwards, uh-huh. that was Andy's kick drum. Yeah. Possibly. Well, and it's funny because I, I, you know, you brought that up, and I didn't even hear the pop. I would just was like, I just could not hear the bass at all. Oh, so I was gotcha. just like, I don't give a shit. I can't hear it, and I knew for the next two songs, I need to hear the bass. Like yeah. I could play without it, but like, I would like to know it's there. Yeah. So I turned it up, and then I heard videos, and I was like, whoa, they had that cranking through the PA. Yeah. And I was like, that's why I couldn't hear it because it was in the PA, not on the stage. Yeah. Bass was hot. Uh, hot, hot, hot. Yeah, there was some uh, interesting drum mic techniques that night. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, I don't often say. It was very avant-garde, you know? Well, because the guy that was running the sound was not a sound guy at yeah. all. It was one of those dudes where his buddy had lent him all that shit. It was... Yeah. I, never mind. I can't say what I was going to say. Yeah. Just on the off chance. Yeah. Um, they're good people. <laughs> I'm, yeah, it's not like they're a... Good, they're good people. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of times I feel like people will just get their friends to do shit that their friends really don't know what they're doing. And it's yeah. kind of like, hey, if you care about your business, you know, it's like... Yeah, I'm not shit-talking as much as it probably comes yeah. off of. It's just one of those where that's my job to, yeah. like, make sure these things are in order. So it really irritates me when... So I'll, I'll say this, Someone's driving the Pinto. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'll say this. I think because of where I'm at now with my studio and what I'm trying to do... Um, I had a really good conversation uh, a couple weeks ago with with Suli, mm-hmm. uh, friend, shout out, Marshall client, Close. fellow musician, and I mean one of the things that he talked to me about too at, at a certain point after I'd done their, I'd done a record with them and I'd been working with some like other clients. EP or two, right? yeah, yeah. He was like, you need to charge more, and he was like, because um, he's he's got his own business. He does uh, phys- fitness training mm-hmm. and a bunch of other stuff. And security, he does, yeah. I mean, he is a, a completely self-employed for the most part. I mean, sure, he might get contracted for stuff, but for the most part, he is, yeah. a, he is, you know, a freelance guy. So, you know, he decides what he wants to make. But it, it was really interesting. I was like, if you charge more, that automatically... It puts you in the, the level of that. It puts you in the level serious. of like, oh, this is this is legitimate. This is serious. People will take you more seriously if you charge more. Now, obviously, there's a threshold where, like, yeah. you can't be like, oh, hey, I'm recording out of my parents' basement, and I'm going to charge the... 10 grand to do your album. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It depends. I mean, if you're putting out great shit and you've got some, like, rep behind you where it's like, oh, I've already done these great records, then sure, maybe you could pull that yeah. off. It doesn't matter where you do it. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter where you're recording. You could yeah. be recording in the basement. You could be recording in your church's parking lot. If you're putting out good shit, you're putting out good shit. Yeah. It's really just a matter of your reputation. I think mm-hmm. that's that your skill level and reputation it doesn't matter where you're at. Like, if you're recording in your bedroom, but you're putting out amazing shit. <laughs> Screw it, man. People should pay for that. 
But um, but he had a really good point about that. But then we also so that was a really awesome conversation. And then another one I had with him, which ties into this this whole hiring live sound engineer. If you've got a business and you're trying to grow it and you're trying to push, spend the money to hire other people that are good at what they do. If yeah. you need someone to b- create a website for you, you're you're so for example, a mix engineer. You're trying to be a mix engineer, student engineer. You're not trying to be a web developer. Pay someone who knows what they're doing to develop a website for you because yeah. it's most likely 90% of the time going to be a million times better than what you could do for yourself. Sure, you could figure out how to do JavaScript and HTML and use a, yeah. a website builder, but one, it's going to take you more time. It's going to take you away from what you should be doing, which is getting clients and you know yeah. getting better at your skills. And you know at the same time, too, it's also hiring other people's networking. And it just it makes you more legitimate. It makes your business a lot more professional when you hire other professionals to work with you. And so that yeah. ties in. It's like if you are a venue or you are a promotion company or a tour, I feel like a lot of times people just hire their friends or bring their friends because they get a cheap deal or yeah. they don't have to pay them at all. Or it's like I think sometimes it's okay to hire your friends if they're good at what they do and you're like, hey, I want to cut you a break. I want to give you an opportunity. Like, yeah, you know, no, there's... like what we talk about, like where it's like, if Marzi ever gets like a legit tour, you know, I want to hire you. And it's not like I'm doing you a favor. It's like, no, I legitimately think you're a great sound guy. And it's also like, yeah, sure. Could if I get a tour, if we get some big promotion and we work with a record label, sure, I could probably have the pick of the litter. But it's like, I would rather work with you because I know you, I yeah. know you're good, and I would like to bring you into that fold. It's that thing that I talk about with instruments where I always call it like the threshold of acceptability. Yeah. Like, because I'm, you know, I am at the point where most of my friend circle are steady people either on the tech side of things or like on the playing side of things. So yeah. I don't, I They're don't, all professionals in the music yeah, business. Um, I don't really have a lot of, and I, it's a fortunate, it's a good problem to have where mm-hmm. it's just like, if I need to put on an independent show or something, I can call six people and I can get probably some lights, a couple mic stands and some speakers or something and we mm-hmm. could do it, you know, for yeah. probably a discounted cost because you, you help your friends out. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, this one was a little... This was definitely... I just called my buddy who I knew I had shit. Like, it's like, dude, this is a legit like, show that like could take yeah. your business further if you present it well. Yeah, and like, it's, oh, Ricky's got the Shore PGA kit. Yeah. Like, it's like, sure, borrow it from Ricky, but then hire a legit guy to run yeah. the shit. Um, and that, that's how I felt about that that touring package too. Is it was just like, like you could have sat down on that Mackie and you could have mixed that shit and not had an issue. Yeah, right. in your head you would have been like, fuck, I wish I had an M thirty two or or whatever. Because right, I even said that, like, I feel like they're. They were on. They had a bus. Mm-hmm. They play bigger acts than what. Like it was cool to see the show because you're never really going to see that person play in that, in that, venue. that venue. Yeah, it was like, like it was a little odd. It was a little <laughs> it was jarring. A little, uh, um, I mean, it wasn't surprising though with how many people there were there because it was like, yeah, it, it was really funny. We we like I talked to the other other bands about this and like I think I think there were maybe 120, 130 people there. I think at least a hundred of those people were only there to see the opening acts, and then they just stuck around to see the headliner because it's like, oh, you know, why not? Yeah, you. <laughs> because I talked to so many people, and they all go, "Hey, who is insert national act's name? Never heard of this person." I'm like, yeah. "Wait, what? You didn't come to see them?" They're like, "No, I came to see, you know, Aluka or Half Heard Voices, like yeah. who are shout out all fucking great bands, all great guys. I didn't get to talk to Aluka guys much, but yeah. they were killer." 
I, again, I thought it was such a funny, weird show because that it dude's a, snakeskin jacket was. Oh, that was so awesome! The three opening bands was a great, great little show. Like all three of our, our the opening bands were like such a good fit for each other. They were just different enough. Yeah. But then the national headliner was like, oh yeah, you couldn't find any local bands that fit this, so we yeah. kind of had to jimmy a show together. And so it was just really. It was just like, they're all metal. Yeah, and I I guess the headliner yeah the headliner was metal yeah yeah, um, but um, but yeah I just felt like the sound guy was like. It, it he seemed like a guy that didn't start off the way that like you and me did, where it's like, oh hey, I started off running, you know, maybe like an eight channel mixer at some shitty bar in DC, yeah, and then I got picked up by a production company and I started working on more. Board. This seemed just kind of like, I'm a friend or I know somebody I've, and I've been around DIY shows. I've, so, oh, I've yeah. been around. I know what I know what to do. And so then when he gets confronted with a problem that shouldn't really be a problem, to be like, yeah. yeah, okay, great. I don't have a bunch of my nice effects and my digital routing, but like. Dude, you or me could easily go up to any analog console and be like, cool, I can figure this out. This yeah. is not shouldn't be major. Be basic, but you know. It was just I mean, I'm I looked that console up and I'm pretty sure it has like a N onboard effect. So you could at <laughs> <N>. least like <laughs> you could have some like super dirty, crush sounding reverb or delay on the vocal, which could be cool. You know, now I'll get like, it probably doesn't have a tap tempo. <laughs> no <laughs> <but> way. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> You know. But it's like for that show, you didn't need twenty four channels. Like for that yeah. show in that room, so, I don't know. Maybe I, we'll, I'll give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Maybe there was some other issue that was happening with the board that we didn't know about. Maybe it wasn't it could just that he didn't know how to use it, but it did seem like the way oh, he that was looked, the way that board looked. There was definitely problems with it. Yeah, but it was also like my my whole point is, I just felt like that act was at the level where they could have been self-contained and it couldn't have been an issue. Yeah. Because it's not like, you know, that level of act, like, yeah, they're not going to take out, like, a Digico Q7 yeah. or... But, but like, it would have been less than $1,000 to get, you know, like, a Behringer X18 or uh, the name of companies one and yeah. with a fucking iPad and yeah. you'd be even better off because then you could walk around the venue. Yeah. You'd have more flexibility because you wouldn't be stuck at side stage, stage. <laughs> mixing in front of the bar. <laughs> On the outside of a point source speaker. Not even... <laughs> I mean... Those, the stacks that they had in there are maybe 35 degrees. Like. I'm just glad that they weren't, because remember when, remember years ago when you ran, when we did that show yeah. that we, we, you ran sound for, and remember the, one of the subs was blown, yeah. and so it was just farting the entire, I was glad to see that they got that fixed. Yeah, that's they good. They didn't have the um, blown speakers in there anymore. Yeah, it, it was just very like, you know, like Tom mics were on the underside of the Tom, which is fine. They're out of the way. It's it's a metal gig. There's low cymbals. But like they weren't pointed at the drum head. They were all like parallel to the drum head, like yeah. miking the side of the snare. And I don't really think you needed to like run drums through the system. But then yeah. there was like clever workarounds where like, you know, I'm going to put up a kick mic because there's subs and people are going to want to hear it. I'm going to put a snare mic up. I'm probably not going to run it through the system, but I am going to send it to a reverb. Yeah. Or something. Oh, hey, I'll have a question for you live on air. Do you want to run sound for us in a donut shop? Possibly. <laughs> when is it? It hasn't been booked yet. Part of the issue is that the 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 the, the venue is not a venue. It's a donut shop. Um, but they've been trying to run shows, but they don't have like an in-house sound system. And gotcha. the last show that was run there, we were talking to our buddies. They're like, yeah, we would do it again. But we would require that there be a sound system because apparently it was literally just one monitor on a pole. That was it. Oh. That was it. And but I was like, what I was thinking too at the same time I was like, honestly, 
running sound in there would literally just be getting the vocals louder than the instruments. That's that's the extent of it. Yeah, so, it would be like. But actually, there's a there's a party happening this summer where a bunch of the local bands are playing, and they might need a sound guy. So I'll see about. That would be cool. Yeah. You bring in like the whole fucking van load, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, we can't afford all this." <laughs> like, sorry, I'm already here, guys. God, yeah. I've been up early. My back hurts. <laughs> Where, pay me my money. Pay me my money. In cash. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what's the thing? So what is the four things Chuck Berry said before? Yeah. Or what did Chuck Berry say every night before counting one, two, three, four on stage? <laughs> pay me my money. Pay me my money. <laughs> In cash. In cash. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I had fun. It was motivating. It but was I just, like I said, not that it's like a fancy pants console, but like I even thought about it. It was like, hmm. You can get an Allen and Heath like QU thirty two or whatever for they're they're under two grand. Yeah. And it's not like I've mixed a lot of shows on it. It's a convenient console. You can't really do anything like super fancy pants with it. But I don't know, it's just like one of those like I would carry that as a backup just because yeah. like you walk into that situation where it's like, hmm. You're like, no. not worth it. I mean, they had their own board for monitors or whatever the hell they were doing on the side. Maybe it wasn't monitors. I don't know what the board was that they had up there. Maybe they run all their tracks to it. I don't know. Yeah. They was, had. They already had, like, a board and a setup, like, on side stage. So it's it like, strange, okay. strange, yeah. Yeah, it was a really weird setup. Yeah, I definitely lost. I was... I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall as a tech person. Um, when that... My favorite part of the night, though, was when the keyboard player started singing. Oh, that was... I, you might have missed that part, but they did a song where the keyboard player sang, and it was definitely like, oh, man, you guys are just trying to fill time, aren't you? <laughs> or when the, oh, man, the best part, the best part. The drum solo to the drum, track to the, other people's songs. <laughs> I have never heard this in my life, but the drummer, the, re- oh, the whole band leaves the stage, and it's just the drummer. Now you think, oh, cool, he's going to do like a drum solo. Maybe like what? Danny Carey did a tool where he gets the analog synth sound and he starts creating an action like a live analog synth beat and then does like a drum solo doing polyrhythms to it. Coolest fucking drum solo I've ever seen. What does this guy do? <laughs> he literally starts putting on famous songs and just drumming along to them. Yeah. As like the intermission. I Yeah, Corey's like that one thing was cool. I was like, that's a Gojira song. I like, thought that was... is <laughs> that... I think like a breaking Benjamin song came on like, too. Or, uh, like... I forget. Oh, it's the there's a it's off one of like the link and it's this like super rhythmic thing where like every four bars there's a different subdivision and pattern played of this. But what was so bad was that they still had the drum tracks in the original song, and so anytime that he got off, it was clear as day. It was just like why who why why did why we got the keyboard player singing who was not not a singer. And then we have the drummer drumming along to just to his song. I, like, his I, Stevie's iPod got plugged in, and he was just like, ah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, the band wasn't bad. It was like, it, not my thing, but it was yeah. like, okay, cool. But then those two things just went, what? <laughs> I, did we get troll? Were they just like, yeah, was this- were they just like, it's not worth loading in our fancy pants gear? Like, just <laughs> set up like, and fuck it. just whatever. Uh, yeah, they showed up to the venue and they're like, wait, this is where uh, you booked nope. us? Somebody's tour manager got fired that night. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. It was mildly. Dis- like, I don't think anyone who's not on our side of things was probably like, it was a fun show. And you get, like, how many times are you going to get to see National Act in Tiny Local Bar? 
A lot of times, every other weekend. Oh. <laughs> it happens all the time there, and it's always this. Oh, really? It is. Oh. It's always, hey, venue with uh, insert national act that just played there. Now, I will say, I'll consult. Now, I, I, this is like obviously biased, but like my buddy's band, they're on Sumerian Records, and I remember they're now doing like, like headlining tours all across like the world and shit like that. Big ass stages. Mm-hmm. They just released their new album. Um, but I saw them at Six Eleven. That was when they were like at that that mid tier yeah. where like they were doing bigger venues, but they were opening. Yeah. So then their headliners was like was venues like Six Eleven, like that kind of like yeah. three hundred cap room, mm-hmm. and they fucking killed it in there. I'd never heard. I mean, it was way too loud for that. I room. feel like if you could get a cool um, show, like if there was a show done there properly it would be awesome yeah like they were killer there i'll just give them a shout bad omens like they my buddy nick plays drums for them and it was like they ripped that place apart it was like it was one of those shows where you're like this band needs to be doing bigger venues whereas i felt like the band that we just saw it was definitely like i wouldn't want to see them in a bigger venue i really wouldn't want to see them again i will be seeing them at a very big venue oh yeah it was just i don't know i feel like great bands can play small venues and you just go, holy shit, it's great no matter what. You can wish that, oh man, I wish they were in a bigger venue or this yeah. and that, but regardless, it just rips your face off. Whereas this was just like, we're drumming along to an iPod. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, 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 I feel, feel like, like it's all If it was like Secret say. Show, like Foo Fighters are playing there. Mm-hmm. They're not promoting it, but they're there. Yeah. And we went, we'd be like, that was awesome. Because they're going to be great no matter what, but yeah. it's like, I just I feel like we could just cap off this conversation by saying the drummer drummed to his iPod. Yeah. Like and I'm not talking about backtracks. I'm talking about drummed along to like you said Stevie's playlist. Pick, pick that would be like we wanted to promote our podcast in a Nick show. So I just put on our playlist during a set break and I'm just up there just like grooving along. Ah. Uh. I've never seen that before in my life. I my buddy came running out like hammered. Bro, this fucking dude's drilling along to his iPod. What the hell is this? I remember that. He was because we were outside. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, like I don't want to like I don't want to talk bad about the band because like nothing it was but it's just like that just blew my fucking brain. I was like just pulled the, I was like, oh, are they done? I'm hearing I'm hearing these famous songs like, kick out of the like, PA. Wow. But I'm like, wait, why are there live drums? For 25 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was I'm excited to see it at a an event where there's I hope they be do that. Let me know if yeah. they do that again. Like, let me know. Like, if they put on the iPod again, and it's just like, oh, name a hard rock track from 2000 to 2010, and yeah. it's just in the playlist. So we talked all this trash. I will give them the benefit of the doubt that they walked in and were just like, nope, yep, we're half-assing it today. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, oh yeah. I wish. I wish more bands that were. Now I don't want to. I don't want to use this word, but I'm just gonna call it like lackluster. They're a good band. They got their thing. If you like them, that's awesome. It's not my thing. I find yeah. it just kind of like, yeah, you know, I feel like a lot of people do this shit. Shit, I mean, you can say it about my band. I don't give a fuck. But, like, I'll take criticism. But what I will say about them is that they did pull out these things that, although, in my opinion, were fucking silly as shit, it's memorable. And I will never forget that. Yeah, was- I wish more average bands would do that. Like, they're just like, you know what? Our songs are kind of ripping off a bunch of other people, and we don't really have anything unique. But here's what we're going to do. And then just pull out something stupid, like drumming along to, to other people's songs live. Is this Feed My Frankenstein by Alice Cooper? Yeah, it is. I've seen Wayne's World. 
Oh, like just do more shit like that, and yeah. at least it'll be memorable. Yeah, I guess. I, I it was it was strange. Yeah, it was. Mm. <laughs> oh man, I don't have a negative. It, there was just, I'm not even talking. Like I'm not trash. I'm so I'm so confused by it. Is I think why it was where I'm at with it. Could, like, you, could you imagine if like the whole band? It like, wasn't like it wasn't like when we saw Tool and I was just like, "This is the best thing I've ever seen." Like yeah. I have all of my motivation for audio and live sound. Like the drive and the passion's back. Like let's let's get it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like some opening bands that we've sat through where we're just like, I, "You shouldn't." on that stage I would rather be dead um, you should be playing that stage with the venue that we just went to but it was just there was so many whys (laughs) yeah (laughs) how who why that yeah Mm. that was that yeah that's the description like okay I'm not you guys don't suck that's not what this is this is just why were these decisions made yeah that would be like we went to a Benny Hanna's, and we <laughs> ordered something off the menu, and they're like, "Here's your Big Mac," and you're, and you're like, like "What?" They're like, "But we put soy sauce on it, so it's Asian." <laughs> like, uh, it's not how that works. It yeah. was just a whole night of that's not how that works. Yeah, I felt like I was eating a Big Mac at a Benny Hanna's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, T-shirt idea. <laughs> <laughs> Big Mac at a Benny. I feel like we probably can't do that. Those are two probably yeah, trademarked we, we, things. Yeah, I can't even say it. There. <laughs> yeah, ding. Demonetized. I have, I have pants getting delivered today because all of my jeans have ripped just from Same. wearing them on gigs. And there's now a cease and desist from <laughs> McDonald's and Betty Honest. <laughs> just like, here you go. There all you right. Go. Like, wow, they're quick at that shit. Wow, we did not talk. We are not on topic at all. Oh, well, I think this is this is fun yeah. talking about this shit. I feel like we should probably, you know, vote. We'll, t- we'll create a poll. No, we won't create a poll. Maybe we'll create a poll. <laughs> um I feel like we should definitely start splitting up our episodes kind of like this where yeah. fortunately if we one of the things I'm going to be trying to do more is like going out more cuz I just stay at home yeah. unless I'm working. And so it's like I want to try to go out more cuz I feel like one you network that way. Like that's yeah. like great for networking even if you're like God, it's also hard sucks. to want to go out cuz you're just like man, I've been around like a loud PA all, all week yeah. during shows so now like, I'm going to do it again. I like I don't yeah, it's, it's not that I don't want to go out, but I do understand that I have to be in hearing protection mode, like as often off, as possible. Yeah. So it's tough. We're in that like middle stage now, where it's like we do enough stuff in the industry where we're around it all the time that it's like, ah, uh, I'm too beat to then want to go do that in my free time. But like, we're still at that level where we should be doing that because we still need to network more. Yeah, it's no, this weird point where you're not. I have. It was weird. Um, not to cut you off, but, like, saw Tool, and that was really motivating. Um, that, like, totally, like, relit the fire. Because um, I, I just have I, I have a lot of events that I've said where it's, like, I listen to all these podcasts with, like, the, the big dogs. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, yeah, this isn't the music that I want to, like, that I, like, grew up, like, um, this is what I'm going to mix for the most part. But they're, like, just, like, the crew's good and everything's on point. And I was just, like, they just seem, like... They're not in their wheelhouse, but they're so happy. And there's like a lot of my events for my level of where I'm at in the career, a lot of it just seems cash grabby and like inauthentic. Because mm-hmm. like as much as we like, there was a lot of suspect technical approaches to the show that we went to. 
that was still way cooler to just see bands on stage or the floor uh, do their thing. Where it's just like, I've seen like events that like I've looked up ticket prices that people are spending like 65 bucks to like see this event. And every musician on stage is just like looking at their sheet music. Yeah. And it's just like, you build this as a rock and roll Christmas. And <laughs> you're reading. And that's not rock and roll. It's not. No, there's like, nothing wrong with reading music on stage if it's jazz or, well, actually, don't jazz, you'd be scold for that. If it's like a symphony. Yeah, sure. like that like, makes sense. You know, you see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that's how like, those people do that's it. It's complex but, like, and like. But rock and roll, no like, fucking way. Your, you know, your violin's playing something different than their violin, but together it makes this like. My mom. Like, I understand. For like a symphony or an yeah. orchestra, that makes sense because you're playing a yeah. 25 minute piece. Yeah. And like, it, there's all kinds of cues that you're. My mom was telling me this great story about when she joined her first band when she was like 17. Um, she was a keyboard player and she grew up playing like classical, you know, classically trained stuff like mm-hmm. that. So she was very used to you know doing uh, like uh, uh, orchestra, all yada 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 stuff where you read music. And the yeah. time she joined her first band, she showed up to practice with with sheet music for the stuff. And the guys were like, "What the fuck are you doing?" This is rock and roll. Yeah. Like, they were like, you do not have music on stage with you. My mom was like, what? And she was like, it was really weird to learn yeah. how to, like, memorize stuff. Because a lot, and I mean, I I've got a, students like that, actually. Where I have they, a notebook of cheat yeah. stuff. Like, you know, because sometimes we're playing four-hour gigs. Yeah, and it's like, just oh, wait, like, what was the chord progression for that this one? This song goes verse, verse, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus, chorus, verse, chorus. Okay. Yep, yeah. I remember. And then now. the other thing too is like I think when you play with a lot of bands, it's like I mean, we play with uh-huh. a lot of different stuff for high, you're like, oh what, I gotta remember that. Like, you know. Yeah. Like certain songs, like I know Nick has one song, but there's like three different key changes, and I'm like, uh and it's like always like they're so quick and like I gotta fucking remember that. Yeah. And then I don't always play the root note, so I'm like, oh shit, wait, I'm doing the fifth there. What is that? You know, lots of little weird things. Like, I think there's like only two songs that I have to still kind of sometimes yeah. look at the music for because I'm like, wait, what was that key change again? Yeah, it's just I don't know, it's just so, yeah, I, I and then, like, I had some car troubles this week. Um, Did you get stuck on the hill again? No, I was driving home from work on the day after we I came to see you guys play. And when I was braking, it just sounded like there was a piece of metal, like, being drug under my car. Ooh, So fun. I think what happened is, like, the part of the brake that squeezes the pad to the rotor of mm-hmm. your wheel... If it gets stuck and it just wears through your brake pad, so then it's just metal on metal. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, this sucks. And then I was like, this event that I'm working sucks. <laughs> My pay sucks. <laughs> like, I got to figure it out. So I have that now motivation, too, mm-hmm. where it's just like, I don't want to be trapped as the local grumpy sound guy. I mean, I make the joke that I'm the grumpy sound guy, and I have my, like, agitated moments. My favorite thing is from that episode a week ago. Adam, do you even like doing this? (laughs) I actually do. Well, the problem is that I was thinking about it, it was just like, there's acts that play at things that we play at where I'm so excited to mix them because they're actually, like, fun and, like, mixable, but I just feel like there's so much stuff. And, like, I want the education side of this podcast. I just want to get to the point where, like, I... I like supporting the local scene, but there's a lot of stuff where it's just like, I can't, like, I get so excited to mix because it's my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then there's. You get stuck with acts where you don't get to mix. You like, just there's have to problem literally solve the whole time. no mixing. Like, yeah. It's like trying to fucking pull a plane out of a tailspin. You're like, oh, this yeah. is fun. Then not at all. 
So that like, you know, it's, it sounds fancy. It's a fancy way for being an asshole, but it's just like artistic disappointment. Artistic disappointment. I like that. You know, it's just like, I don't know. I don't know another metaphor, but just like, you know, yeah. I get so excited to go to work and do these things. And then it's just like, what? Okay. Yeah. Like, I guess no matter what I do, this isn't going to go well. That's why you got to get back in the studio more. You got more control over that shit. I, I like live more, I think, though. Yeah, like, that's fair oh, I just Well, then you should spend all of your time promoting my band <laughs> <laughs> so that we can get famous and we can hire you. That would be fair. But, yeah, no. I, I Anybody want to put us on tour? I, we got a sound guy. Put my, yeah, I would, do, I would do a small tour where I just mixed all the bands. Yeah. Like, I have no problem doing that. I mean, I understand. I would like to get to the point where it's just like I – have been mixing live for 20 years. I'm mixing my act. Like, yeah. they're getting my fresh ears for the day. But sometimes I'm mixing, like, 12-hour festivals, so... I yeah, think... I, I can't do that. That's rough. I mean, I'm wearing... I did that a couple times. I was like, ah, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's just something about, like... I think I like the instant gratification of, like, I can push up a guitar solo, mm-hmm. and I can see people be like, fuck yeah, like, yeah. Steve's ripping it. No, it's, like, live mixing is, like, it's a performance. Yeah. Yeah, where it's, like, in the studio, it's not really a performance. I have too a... many options in the studio where I get in the, like, mental tailspin of just, like, yeah. I, I could do this, or I could do this, or I could do this. And you've just... got the time to do that, because yeah. you can be like, well, I'll come back to this, and then I'll go down another rabbit hole, yeah. whereas live, it's like, oh, no, this is happening right now. Like, I this have guitar to... solo needs to cut 1.5K up right now and down. Yeah. Yeah. Um because I, I I do genuinely love all of the. There was even someone at the theater like we were breaking down. I went ham on the first show after the Tool concert that we had. Mm-hmm. It was just the college jazz band playing, and I was just like, we're getting monitors, like we're double making <laughs> shit. Like I'm around the console in a fancy pants way. Like we are like there's gonna be parallel groups and all this. And I stuff. I think the thing that about live mixing that's like really fun, and I think that can, that should be translated. And it's one of the things I'm trying to translate to my studio mixing is. Live mixing, you have to mix by instinct because yeah. it's like it's happening right then and there. You can't think and go, well, what if I did this or what if I did this? It's like, yeah. no, you just have to reach and start doing can't stuff grab because it's my... happening. Yeah, and it, it could come back. I could catch the studio wave again, and I feel like I could be faster. Yeah. Because even with, like, setting up for Nick's album, I have been – I just had the time to, like, second-guess things. Yeah. Or just like, mm, I want to put up two snare mics. And, so and now, now just I'm only fucking... end up using one. And I was like, oh, I could use this – and I said, I'm like, I'm going to borrow 414s from the theater for room mics. I'm not even using them in the mix, really. Are you not? No. Oh, I was going to say, how are you liking them? You know, um, not even using them. Yeah, I just think for the drum sound that I'm going for, like, most of it, honestly, is that microphone that's under my desk. I love how we're breaking the fourth wall when we're yeah. not actually. We're, yeah, we're pointing a, at the drums. Where are... my camera is in the room, there's a microphone, like, right under it on a different stand, and that is 60% of the drum sound. Nice. Like... And I just threw that one up at the end. Was like, what are you doing with the uh, the SE mic there? It's just a kit, a kit back mic, just kind of mic in the beater. Nice, um, I dig that. I bet you that like kind of picks up the tom in a really cool way. No, the rejection no? on that microphone is stupid. Oh wow! I always figured it would pick up the floor tom a little bit. No, nope, it's, it's huh? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Shout out SE. I think feel like, I feel like I talk about them every episode. Uh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was just like, I, I want to get, you know, I just kind of did the mental math. I was like, well, if I do bigger events, they're probably bigger and more seasoned bands. 
yeah. or acts. So hopefully, th- yeah. So things should be mixable. So yeah. yeah I've, you should see about trying to get on the Blue Ridge Festival. I don't know how you go about doing that. Yeah. Because that festival was huge last year, and apparently it didn't completely implode upon itself. There were issues, but they're doing it again this year. And there's always issues. Yeah, there's always any issues. any live festival. I mean, I don't know. I would imagine. Yeah, I don't know how that works with those major festivals. How does it work with major festivals like that where every band on there is like a legitimate act? How does the sound work with that? Do they everybody have their own sound guy, or is mm, they a kind of agreed upon? Yes. Sort of. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a touring act, you have your own crew. Like, everything's in-house. Because so how does that work for these festivals? These bands are playing 25-minute sets, but they're all massive bands. Console like, sharing. Console sharing. Yeah, yeah, there's probably... I mean, I've never done a festival to that degree on any mm-hmm. aspect of it. But from what I've heard and read is... What I would imagine is that touring acts, if they're not carrying their own console in their rider, they have five to ten consoles that are acceptable yeah um so and then like there's your standards you know for for bigger live mm-hmm. events like you know like your avid like the venue profile yeah. or which is now probably being replaced by like the s6l or whatever mm-hmm. like you're gonna see those like, okay you know you're not gonna show up to a like it's whatever pa the local company like stage provides Provide, you know it's yeah. not like i mean it's stuff that's like blowing our qsc line arrays like out of the water yeah like, I mean, it's gonna be huge. a dnb or an l acoustics or a meyer like mm-hmm. one of those three probably i mean maybe it might be a jbl vertec rig or something mm-hmm. i think that's what's in ram so everyone's sharing the same gear it's just then yeah then they're swapping um, out the guys that are running it yeah so you just kind of go up and you know you have probably a, a scene for that you know, I'm, or if you don't have a, a front of house guy, you just get the guy from the company who's who's there for the day. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Or if crazy. you know, like, you know, you've toured with, you know, if you're band four and you've toured with band two once, you could probably be like, hey, we're gonna be on this festival. Do you think like? Yeah, we just share the same guy. Do you think, you know, Tony? Yeah, would I mix just, us or whatever. It's just crazy. Some of these festivals that I see, like with this Blue Ridge Festival, just like the logistics are just like absolutely fucking insane to me. Yeah. Just like I know what it's like trying to do fucking five bands on like a local show and I'm just like I can't imagine all these major bands or all these bands like I gotta you gotta imagine some of these bands have like ego about like you know like hey we need our yeah. shit we need this where it's like nobody's sharing shit on some of these things like yeah but with the local show there's never like a tech there yeah like it's just the bands are in charge of themselves <laughs> yeah and it's like where it's uh, just like you gotta you know the average crew is there's either a bus with 12 people in it or there's the band bus and the crew bus which means you can have more crew. And for the most part, I found that crew people are a little bit more likely to work together Mm -hmm. than, like, local bands are. It's weird. Absolutely. Well, because, you know, with the crew, they're the crew. They're not the bands. Bands aren't doing anything at these festivals. And that's not a knock on bit, but, like, we've played enough. Exclude, like, the dudes that came out to the show that you were out all seemed like rock-solid dudes. Like, changeovers were actually pretty quick on that. Yeah, Yeah. But, like, we've played some ego fest shitty bar shows oh, yeah. where no one's helping anybody oh yeah um, yeah no everyone at that at this show was suit all the local bands yeah. we all knew each other and that was we everyone yeah. was very very helpful with getting shit on and off stage and not not dicking each other over yeah so there's big fest like there's a backline crew that's probably providing stuff for all the opening acts and stuff and then when the headliners come on their crews just in-house you know there's 12 dudes or ladies back there 
yeah. building stuff and getting it on stage in between changeovers. So yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, that's yeah. That would be my guess. I don't think I could be completely wrong, but from an educated standpoint, there's probably. 20 people there from the production company that's providing the PA system and house console alone. Mm-hmm. And then probably eight backline people. Wow. So the more, you know, yeah. Well, so organization is key. So did we want to, what do we want to do today? Do we want to kind of end it here? Or do we want to then do like a longer episode? Do you want to <laughs> end, we'll end this catch up episode with yeah. a random playlist? And then you want to do it. You feeling another one? I feel uh, like I could actually talk about something. Yeah, I don't know. Fun. Let's let's cut it here, and then we'll... Now that I've got my cranky... So yeah, this was a... Uh, it was a good catch-up episode. Yeah, so we'll kind of copy-paste. We'll, like, cut this over here. So this was episode 11. Do you want to do playlists for this? Yeah, let's do... Uh, just whatever you're Yeah, feeling. there's got to be a playlist. Yeah, there's always got to be a playlist. Yeah, I'll pull up what... So what have I got? So what have I been listening to? I've been listening to uh, song one for me. Sons of Gotham by Talib Kweli off of his 2021 album, Gotham. I'm pretty sure he's the cornerback for the Patriots or something. <laughs> really? There's Is there a guy named Talib Kweli? That's a really unique name. I think it's I think it's like reversed. I think it's a kid Tali. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's but, wild. Yeah, no, I would love Talib Kweli. He's a great, great rapper. I have jokes. I'm, I'm hilarious. <laughs> you, got, you got a pick? You want me to keep going? Um, I... I went on a hardcore kick the mm-hmm. other week, and I was like, ooh, I haven't listened to Norma Jean in a while. Ooh, nice. So my first pick is The Entire World is Counting on Me and They Don't Even Know It. Oh, I, I like that. that's it. the name of the song. Off of, it's the first track off of Bless the Martyr and Kiss the Child. Ooh. It's a good. Hell yeah. All Did right. you see that Turnstile was on SNL? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, that was wild. They've been I'm not on. a huge fan of them, but like that's pretty cool. I love that album. I think their newest album is yeah, Glow just on. F- phenomenal. Yeah. I just don't get it. It's just not my thing. But I respect that. Hey, we got a fucking hardcore band on SNL. That's pretty cool. Bring back rock and roll. They're from Baltimore too. Like they're oh yeah, they're they our. That, they played it. soundstage for like their record release party, mm-hmm. and I almost went, and I didn't go, and I oh, forever regret I that was not going. Oh, Hate Five Six filmed it, and I was just like, oh my god, I should have gone to that. I like, bet it was fucking insane. It was ridiculous. I always forget that they're from Baltimore. Yeah. My uh, my second one. Here comes the hot stepper by Eni Kamose. I, I think I don't know how to say his name. Even know what that Ah, that's a great means. song. You're gonna love this. When you put this on the place, you're gonna listen to me like, okay, here comes the hot stepper. It's a great right. song. Sweet. It's another like hip hop pop jam from the nineties. Feeling it. It's great. It's a good uh, song. Uh released a song the other day called Light the Shortening Fuse, and it's awesome. Oh yeah, I forgot they were doing they, they, the new album coming out, right? Yeah, April or something. April. Fuck yeah. Yeah, Josh was on last episodes, and I was like, I picked the other Meshuggah song. He's like, I don't know who that is. I was like, you don't know what? who Meshuggah, know Meshuggah is? is? He's like, I don't listen to heavy stuff. He's like, I'll go in with an open mind. And I was like, it's disgustingly yeah. heavy. Yeah, it's like... I haven't listened to these stuff yet, but I'm excited. It's awesome. They, It sounds like Meshuggah, but it's still different mm-hmm. than other stuff. It almost feels like a flashback to some of the, like, the earlier stuff. Oh, that's cool. But it's not like this, like... You can tell it's not like a... Well, that worked, so we'll we'll try this yeah, again. It was just that, like, hey, like, remember when we were like, kind of getting back to the roots, not yeah. rehashing stuff, but kind of being like, oh man, yeah, we were doing some cool shit. Let's kind of try to. I feel that way about the newest Tool album, where it's a little simpler, mm-hmm. but it's got that like it's that mature simplicity. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, but I it's still it's cool. Tool and sugar, so it's fucking complex. But yeah. it's not like. Oh, I'm just gonna do a ridiculous polyrhythm drum fill here. Yeah, like, I'm just not... gonna let this part breathe. Yeah, as 
well as a fast-paced, heavy it's sugar matured. song. Yeah. yeah. My next one is definitely not a complex metal song. Uh, the new Florence and the Machine single, King. All right. Big fan of that. Uh, I have a love-hate with that band. Sometimes I really like them. Other times I'm like, God, this is douchey. <laughs> but uh, I, I like this song. <laughs> nice. Uh, man, I don't... I could go a completely different direction. You know, I haven't thrown any hip hop on the playlist, so I think I'm, I'm, I've been jamming. I've been jamming out to Prof a lot recently. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. I'm gonna go. Mm, there's so many good songs. Uh, I'm gonna go. Bar Breaker by Prof. That's my jam. Yeah. On my birthday, Corey's like, it's your birthday. You can pick songs. And I was like, we're listening to Prof on the way we're down to the brewery. To and she's like, I like that it's obscene, but it's not like degrading or offensive. And I was like, it's a little bit of both. But it's a little bit. Uh, for me, uh, shit, I don't know which one to pick. I'm just going to pick the first track off of uh, Armor for Sleep's album, What to Do When You're Dead. Car Underwater. Uh, great album. Great band. Nice. Early 2000s emo pop metal kind of thing but uh kind of in the vein of, like silverstein if you don't know armor for sleep yeah, so, uh, yeah. they're great i love them i grew up listening to them and i uh, started really listening to that album car underwater i'll go you know what i saw i uh i saw marzy maddox the other uh fuck those guys i saw them the other day so we're gonna go with uh brand new day uh, and if you dive deep on my Instagram, there's a video of me listening to it the day it came out, and I think I great. titled it Listening to Brand New Marzy Maddox Song, Brand New Day in My Very Used Car. <laughs> a car that I currently don't have because it's getting fixed, so... Because there. the brakes were trying to destroy I'm the gonna, wheels. Yeah, I was dri- I drove it to the mechanic yesterday, and it just, like, it progressively got did he worse. Did he give you the whole, like, how did you even get this here? kind of conversation. I've had those before with my old car. <laughs> no, I I think it was just one of those where like it's a it's a I looked up to what it is, like roughly to what I think it is, and then I went into work the next day and someone's like, "Oh, I've had that happen to like three cars. Like it sucks. It's it should be hopefully an easy fix." But then I'm also like, "You know, while it's in here, you should just just you should just poke everything and see what <laughs> like just just yeah, like mess around. Ideally, I would like to keep it under X amount of work. So if yeah. we, if there's, if there's stuff that doesn't have to be fixed right now, yeah, yeah. If this is one of those where like this is like a four month problem, we'd be like, great, I'll have some big money gigs back. Yeah. It's just that it was a, it's a good time to have something go wrong because I don't have a lot going on mm-hmm. through the end of next week. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I have the time for my car not to work. But it's also just like, hmm, mm. we've been in between gigs for a while. Yeah. Like, like, okay. Yeah. So. Right. I'm going to cap mine off with Serve the Servants by Nirvana. I brought the first thing I said to you when, I, when we got it here. I was like, dude, the in utero drum sound is fucking awesome. So first track off in utero, Serve the Servants, Nirvana. Sweet. We're going to go, oh, man. Uh, we're going to go with. The song called Lot of Years by Aesop Rock. Not ASAP nice. Rocky or whatever that guy is. Uh, <laughs> this is Aesop. It's a song about a guy getting older and he went to a Baskin Robbins in a juice place. And it is my <laughs> vibe. Oh, a Baskin Robbins Orange Julius combo? Ooh. Like in the mall? I think that's what they do in the mall. I don't know. 
I don't oh, know. no, it's Baskin-Robbins and Dunkin' Donuts that merged. Yeah. They do their joint ones. I don't think I've ever had an Orange Julius or been... Is that a place yeah, or it's like a beverage? Yeah, yeah, it's like a juice bar in the malls. Oh. It's, you remember there. malls? Oh, they're combined kid? with the Annie Ann's pretzels. That's what they are. Yeah. Annie Ann's pretzels. Ooh, man, do you have anyone nearby? I think there's one in the outlets, in the food court of the outlets. They might be the only standing thing. In, the, in, in our outlets, there are more empty stores than there are filled... Outlet. Stores. Yeah, that's how our mall, our mall was, and then I'm assuming that they then lowered their price to lease the places because now there's all these really weird, like tacky stores in our mall that are just like these people would not have been able to like afford like yeah. mall space 20 years ago. Like it's these are like, really weird stores. They get like some of the clothing stores looks like somebody in the back is just making them. They're like, oh, I'm gonna stick a patch on this pair like, of jeans oh, and sell them. Oh, Deborah went to like Michaels and bought the like wooden. Yeah. The which is wooden shapes and painted them. Exactly. And now she's selling them. There's at a the couple mall. of those yeah. at the mall. It's a little weird. It's like, no I mean, offense, Deborah. Have your I don't hustle. know. Maybe it'll be kind of like the, uh, oh, wait, I can't say this word. What do you call them? Romani people. I was going to use the other word, but the I don't G think you word. Can say it. Yeah, yeah, the G word. I don't think, I think it's offensive. But it's like their festivals that they do where they all, like, I don't know. The I tents mean, and shit. Flea- That's what the malls are going to become. It's just going to be people. What do they call them? Flea markets. That's what I'm looking for. It'll be like a flea a market, but like a sw- per- an indoor swap meet. Yeah, exactly. That's what the malls are going to turn into, man. They're Is just going to be I these mean, indoor flea market Romani. Stevie Nicks wrote a song about it. What about gypsies? Yeah. Is it different contextually? I don't. I, I mean, never... it's a song. I think it's fine to say the name of the song. I mean, I don't know. You tell us. <laughs> tell us. Can we say the word gypsy if we're talking about the Stevie Nicks song? I don't know what the line is anymore. Yeah, I don't know what I can and cannot. Don't they say that word a lot in uh, *Hunchback of Notre Dame*? Do they? Are they, does Disney Plus have like a? I feel like on the older things, because we put on. Because I know they've got a, a movie bunch about of... the dogs, where it was just like, "Hey, this was made in a time where cultural norms were kind of different, yeah. so you could deem this as offensive." Like we understand why, but we're not going to. Yeah. I guess I feel like I feel like that's kind of cool because I feel like for people like us, it's like yeah, we fucking know, like, like we know that 1940 was a very different time period for yeah. people, and it was not okay. But I, I guess that's important for like kids who, because especially because so many parents suck and they don't know what their kids are watching, that it's like I guess it's important to be like, hey, if you're a little kid and you're watching this, like this was a very different time period, and you have to understand that they, people were horrible. The the. The warning that they gave was very much of, like, this happened, but it happened. So it's history. So yeah. it's weird to, like, like We shouldn't censor it. Yeah. it. yeah. It's like, dude, it kind of, it's like, the thing with, like, It's Always Sunny. How they took all the Lethal Weapon episodes yeah. off. I'm like, that's such bullshit. Like, these were funny. And it wasn't, offen- like, the joke was about how offensive that yeah, act is. It wasn't well, condoning it. I don't think... Contact. There's I mean, context clues to it. We'll have. I'm not, not going to air this portion yeah. of the podcast. Like, I just. I don't think people are smart enough to understand what satire is. Yeah, I agree. Like, a certain word that was used in Blazing Saddles is funny because it was making fun of the fact that we're in 1970 and our thought patterns are still around how we were operating a hundred years ago yeah. like this is kind of ridiculous so like well, it's that's like why it would be like taking to keep this like to tie this back into music it'd be like taking steel panther seriously like listening to their lyrics and be like wow yeah you know like this is really offensive like it's it you have to take it in context like it's, it's satire making fun of all of the 80s bands and the the glam and what they were talking about like yeah. if you don't have that context then yeah i guess you could be deemed offensive but that's your own ignorance you know yeah. you, the band is putting out art you know it's 
there is something to be said there. There was uh, it's not just being offensive for the sake of being. I ho- I heard a story once that there was a very like uh, prudish sounds offensive, but it was just like a very like stereotypically like properly like church raised person mm-hmm. but they loved the song cherry pie by warrant <laughs> and i think they thought it was just because they're just like oh she's literal sweet. cherry she's pie. sweet yeah. like a dessert and then they cool. realized what it was about and someone was just like i just got to see this person's world just collapse <laughs> that's awesome yeah well i think it's so funny because like you can take it with songs it's like I always, it's interesting finding out what people's lines are, how they might enjoy one thing and be like, that's not offensive. Like, you know, like, for example, like that woman loved that song. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh, but then another group of women would be like, that song's really offensive. And, but then they might like something else that somebody else would be offensive. Like the line just continues and continues. And it's just like, yeah, if it's art and its intention is to be art, its intention is not to piss you off. Like, yeah. Well, even then I feel like art could, its intention could be to piss you off. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are definitely some people. Uh, you've heard probably enough stand-up comics talk where they're just like, this guy got up and just made his set like homophobic slurs and white people are great. And it's just like, this is not your 15 minutes to do that. Yeah. But then, you know, there are some comics who kind of push the edge and they're like, oh, that's, yeah, I never thought about it that way. Like, I feel like you can tell when someone's intention is for it to be art and someone's intention is, oh, they're just getting off on a soapbox and being an asshole. Like, like if I went out and made a rap song and I just said the N-word 16 times... I feel like it'd be really hard for me to justify that as art. Like, I just, yeah. you know, it'd be like, there's really, yeah. no. But if I, I don't know, I can't find a, an example. I mean, there is no example where I could use the N-word. But, like, yeah. if I was doing, like, some, I don't know. I'm sure there's something that I could do that would be artistic that some people might find offensive, you know? Yeah, like, if I talked about, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. But, yeah, I think yeah. most art, most most of the people that are out there, it's art. And it's, like, like Blazing Saddles and shit like that. It's, like, yeah, there was a time period where that was acceptable. Probably wouldn't do it today. But we can still respect it and be, like, that is still a pretty funny fucking movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's because, like, it's not making fun of, like, it's not making fun of that person's stereotypes. Yeah. It's making fun of the fact that people are closed-minded enough to just assume people fall into stereotypes yeah. that's how i view it yeah that's, that's exactly what it was yeah yeah i don't know well this has been a fun episode yeah we went on numerous different tirades i think it's enjoyable this will be this will get more views than the tech ones yeah well and i think that's I think, yeah i think we, we have to make sure we balance it out you know because i don't think we want to be just like a techie thing because what oh i was like i hear something music playing <laughs> from my phone yeah no we'll get more guests on yeah, yeah, I think that's why like our first episode did well. One, it was the first episode, and two, I think because we just talked about a lot of different stuff, and it was not just like, oh, yeah. I mean, I like Adam and Phoenix, and I like their music, and I like their projects, but I don't want to hear about compressor settings because I'm not an engineer, and I don't give a shit. That's fair. Yeah. But I want to talk about it. No, and I think we'll blend it. I think like maybe next time we do like half the episode is just like talking about outside shit, and then the other half will be then the, the tech talk. Kind of like TV shows, like some of the like the the gaming TV shows are like in this segment, in this segment. We kind of have like segments, but yeah, not smart. But it, we don't have to like break it down like fucking press the button like do do do. Welcome to this segment. Like yeah. it'll just be we'll just have it like organized in a way. Sweet. But yeah, right. thanks for tuning in, everybody. Episode eleven. Eleven. Eleven minutes in heaven. Oh. Oh, we get naughty talk, baby. Catches at the post show. Sweet. <laughs>